0: blaze radio network on demand you're listening to pure opelka this is pure opelka with mike opelka only on the blaze radio network
1: welcome back to pure opelka saturday morning it is uh it's a, a day that has me shaking my head many different places many different times uh, we we just spent a, a considerable amount of time talking about the the Don Jr. and the meeting, and now there are thirty seven thousand people who apparently were in that meeting that we're just finding out about. I exaggerate to clarify. There were eight that we know of now, so we'll see if there's more. Yikes! Um, just just get it out there, sir. Get it out there. Even Jonah Goldberg has said the benefit of the doubt is gone. And you know, this is Jonah Goldberg's one of those people I I totally support and love reading this stuff. And and Tuesday he's he started on this this track. So um everything's frozen. All the things we wanted to get done are not going to get done. And it's, it's just, it's mind numbing. So, uh, we'll, well, there are other things we have to deal with. There are other stories we have to deal with. Like yesterday was Mac and cheese day. Did you know that? Which I have questions about why, why, uh, the summer is Mac and cheese day. Cause they, I know, I know a lot of people like macaroni and cheese, but there's nothing like a fall day or a rainy spring day for macaroni and cheese. And, uh. The people at uh, USA Today, otherwise known as USA Today to some of you, uh, USA Today had a story about the Coalition for Safer Food Processing and Packaging, which has come up and said um, that 30 different cheese products have um, some bad stuff in them, some chemicals that, um, that are not good for us. And the one that's in the spotlight is Kraft macaroni and cheese. It's the, it's the go-to. It's the one you grab when you're saying, I just need a quick macaroni and cheese. And let's be honest, we all kind of jazz it up a little bit, to quote Chef Carl Ruiz, we kind of add our own cheese to it. But uh, this, this exposure to this chemical, which Kraft is denying using the chemicals, saying they don't add it to their products, even though um, the study from USA Today shows that there, there are trace elements of it. Kraft, Kraft says, no, we, we don't. Trace amounts that were reported in the limited study are more than 1,000 times lower than the level that scientific authorities have identified as acceptable. So Kraft is saying they are within the guidelines. As a matter of fact, Kraft is saying they are way beneath it. But this coalition is out there saying we found it. We found it in thirty cheese products, and apparently this, this, uh, this chemical, is used to soften plastic, and it's subsequently been removed from uh, babies' toys, and it says it altered lab animals' reproductive systems. Well, I hope they're putting it out in the food that they. They put in in, uh, rat poison because let's let's how about we use it for something smart? (laughs) How about we put it out in the bait that's out there for rats and traps so that if they get it and eat it and escape that that it's destroying their reproductive systems? If that, in fact, is the case, the CDC is agreeing with this. But um, this this um, this chemical. Can be found in hairsprays, raincoats, detergents, apparently flooring, but not meant to be in food. And um, I, I just, I just want to know why this report came out. Well, I guess we know why it came out. It came out intentionally on uh, National Macaroni and Cheese Day. So thank you, USA Today. I'm not sure about that one. I'm gonna have to chase that one down a little bit. Um, There there are a couple of other weird stories that I have to get to that we will get to, but I want to make sure we actually put on the list today that we all stop for a moment uh, and say a prayer for Steve Scalise. Thursday evening, Steve Scalise actually underwent another operation. I know he was taken out of the ICU, and he was upgraded to fair condition at the MedStar Washington Hospital Center. Uh, but Thursday, they actually had to do another operation because um, he has a deep tissue infection related to the gunshot wounds that he suffered. And he had when when they tell you we are managing a deep tissue infection, uh, that means that's an infection that they're they're trying like hell to beat. And it's given them a hard time. So you can only imagine what's going on in Steve Scalise. And I'm sure this is part of his his um, digestive tract that's causing the problem because it's not exactly the easiest place to to keep um, free from infection. Let's just put it that way. So sometime today, spend a minute and, and say a prayer for, for Steve Scalise, the, the congressman who was shot at the, the baseball practice before the congressional baseball game. Uh, A couple of uh, interesting announcements if you're a fan of this show and you're a fan of Shark Week and you're a fan of Sharknado. And who isn't a fan of Sharknado? Let's be honest. Who among us is not a a Sharknado fan just for the schlock of it? Uh, I'm totally a fan. And uh, Sharknado 5, the global swarming is, is coming up in just a few short weeks. So as as we are preparing for Sharknado Five, uh, I reached out to the guy who wrote Sharknado Five, and uh, I'm I'm happy to announce that as we were coming back from break, uh, we received a uh, a note. I received a note saying I'm happy to join you. I'm absolutely happy to join you. Just let me know when. So with with a um, with a happy, happy smile on my face, I'm looking forward to talking Sharknado with Scotty Mullen next week. So you have to join us on Puro Pelka. It's the the schlockiest movie series ever. And I love the fact that it's become a bit of a cult hit. So um, Sharknado 5, The Global Swarming, Launches on uh, August sixth, and uh, Scott, Scotty Mullen, the the author, the writer of Sharknado Five, will join us on on the Blaze. Oh, thank God! Thank God for stupid stuff, right? If we didn't have stupid stuff, we we'd all, I think, crumble. Um, also coming up today, uh, we are we are going to um, we're going to close the show with what well, we opened the show with, the national anthem as it was heard at Walmart. And it's, um, it's, it's an important, important thing, so you have to be here. Uh, I received a note from one of you <clears throat> who is a faithful listener, and I appreciate you for being out there. Earlier today we talked about the, the terrible murder of the four young men in Bucks County, Pennsylvania by uh, Mr. DiNardo a guy who, who is troubled. And I neglected to mention that uh, Cosmo DiNardo, the admitted killer, has mental issues. And the, um, the initial arrest of, of Cosmo DiNardo was, and, and he, he was arrested twice before they got him to uh, admit or confess to the crimes, The initial arrest of Cosmo DeNardo was because he had a gun and he should not have had a gun. He was in possession of a, I think it was a shotgun. I'm not exactly sure, but I know he was in possession of some kind of firearm. And they held him initially based on that because of his his, uh, mental issues. He would not have been allowed to be in possession of that firearm. And that was the initial way they kind of held him. And, um... Uh, Dave, one of our our loyal listeners in Pennsylvania wrote, I'm not excusing Cosmo DiNardo, but are you aware that he suffers from schizophrenia? I did not know that was the actual diagnosis. I know that they had mentioned on several occasions that Cosmo DiNardo had had some uh, mental issues. Dave adds, uh, I have a high school friend who is a teacher in the area and knows all of the young men, including Donardo. Oh, my God, what a tragedy this is. And he, Dave adds, if this is true, he would not have been given the death penalty. Interesting sidebar, but the DA was telling us they took the death penalty off the table in negotiations with DiNardo, uh, in order to get the confession. And then Dave asks a, a very great and, and wise question here. I wonder how a person with mental issues got a gun. Action News, which is the ABC affiliate here, reported the gun belonged to his mother. And if we remember, in in Newtown, Pennsylvania, in that case, the gun also belonged to the mother of the killer. So great question. How did, how did Cosmo DiNardo get his hands on a gun? If he was a person with mental issues and rest assured uh, those of us who are second amendment supporters and second amendment uh, advocates, rest assured if this is the case, if that gun was in the possession of Cosmo DiNardo because his mother had it and it was not secured, if the child was living at home with them and he's an adult, not a child, if DiNardo was living at home with his parents and they knew he had mental issues, I guarantee you they're going to confiscate the weapons. And this, again, will be part of the push to make uh, all of us gun-free. And they're going to use any, any method they can to do that. I'm talking about the anti-gun lobby. So a, a lot of stuff swirling around this case in Bucks County. And, um, yeah, I know there was some mental health issues involved in this case. Dave, thank you for the clarity on it. I also think whenever anybody says the insanity defense, if we really boil it down, if we really step back and um, try and take a look at someone who murders another human being, can you make the argument that that person is sane? Can you actually say that someone who would take the life of another human being is sane? if, If you can't and... And I question that. I don't think a sane person would do that. I think there's a certain amount of mental instability inside every person who takes the life of another human being. I'm just saying. Michael Pelka and Puro Pelka. When we get back, um, are we going to talk about the moon? Or are we going to talk about what celebrities did in their first jobs? I got some interesting takes on all of this. We'll, uh, We'll throw the story dart next on pure opelka
0: you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network you're listening to pure opelka
2: on the blaze radio network
1: you know, I have to uh, issue an alert before I get into this story. If you are squeamish, uh, you, may, you may want to um, step away for about 10 minutes, if you're squeamish. All right? If you're not squeamish, you want to stick around, because this one, this one, uh, we were just talking about Sharknado and how Sharknado is, uh, is a sensation. I, I, I love me some Sharknado. It's the schlockiest film series uh, that that I can remember. It harkens back to those series that came out during the, the late 60s or the early, late 50s, early 60s that had us uh, facing giant spiders, giant grasshoppers, anything because nuclear energy had had gotten into our, our system and was was making women 50 feet tall and vegetables the size of a home. And uh, as I said, grasshoppers that could take over an entire city and climb skyscrapers—that's um, what Sharknado reminds me of, the schlock of the schlockiest. And uh, that it, it's it's a tongue-in-cheek film series that I think is absolutely just delightful and totally harmless. And uh, we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens next week when we get the the writer from from Sharknado, to join us and see what the heck happens in uh, Sharknado 5, August 6th. <laughs> Global swarming. It can't get any cheesier. I'm going to support Sharknado, as a matter of fact, until uh, one of us gets in a Sharknado. We need to be cast somewhere in a Sharknado. I would love for Puro Pelka to be heard in Sharknado broadcasting as the Sharks hit, it would be, I know, it's a, it's a strange dream. And I have a history of this. If you didn't know, I was involved in a trauma film a bazillion years ago. trauma the people who gave us the Toxic Avenger, Surf Nazis Must Die, Tromeo and Juliet, a whole bunch of schlocky pictures. Well, uh, in the very early 90s, Troma Pictures made a a movie their first million dollar movie. The rest of them were in the in the tens of thousands of dollars, but they actually made a million dollar movie called um Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. And it, it was pure schlock as well. It was a tongue-in-cheek goofy film and I I'm I'm in the movie. I absolutely get um I get slimed. By, a, um, by this mythical creature that comes out when, when the mo- You can find it. It's on the Internet. So a lot of you know about it. And maybe I'll tweet out a link to the scene from Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. But the, the moment when I get slimed, and uh, ultimately I thought I was killed, but I'm, I'm reassured by the, the owners of, of Trauma Films, uh, specifically Lloyd Kaufman, I I was going to say the brains behind it, but I I don't know if that's a a correct assessment. Uh, Lloyd assured me that if you're killed by the slime of a giant mythical creature, silkworm, it's not necessarily guaranteed that you're never coming back. You could morph into something else. And boy, are we off on a weird tangent. But the, the subject of slime brings up this next story that I said, um... There is, uh, there is cause to step away if you have a squeamish stomach and you are offended by things like slime eels. Slime eels. Did you know there was a product called slime eels, also known as the hagfish, that is uh, a, a delicacy or a, a much sought after food source in Korea? Yeah. South Korea, not North Korea. But uh yesterday this mess in in Oregon was created when um 7,500 pounds of slime eels were released onto the highway, a big highway traveling uh, in in Oregon on Highway 101, you would have known about this this crash had you had you heard. And I think um, I think Vecca knows about this. Vecca Fitz Francis. So we'll see if if she's familiar with this. Traffic was stopped, road construction was stopped, a truck driver was unable to stop, and the load of seven thousand five hundred pounds of Slime eels were thrown into <laughs> the entire roadway. The containers flew across the highway. They spilled. It led to a chain reaction crash of other vehicles. There were minor injuries. Fortunately, nobody seriously hurt. But what happened next, and, and the mess, and the story of the slime eels... Well, I'm going to have to share it with you. I'm going to have to share the rest of the story. So you're going to have to come back. We'll get to slime eels. And of course, we'll get to the, uh, the first jobs of celebrities because those are important too. So if you're, if you're disgusted by slimy stories, uh, you might need to go have your breakfast. But if you want to hear what happened to these 7,500 pounds of slime eels and, and why you should never even touch one. I'll explain next on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to the Blaze Radio Network. I do have a vital question coming up in minutes, but I have to finish talking about this story, the story that caught my eye, the story out of Oregon, where um, 7,500 pounds of slime eels were set loose after a chain reaction crash. Minor injuries, thank God. Thank God. But yesterday in, in Oregon on, on Highway 101, this, this nasty crash let loose 7,500 pounds of slime eels, also known as hagfish. I didn't know about the hagfish. They were being uh, shipped to South Korea. So, obviously, they were headed to uh, either an airport or a port to be sent to South Korea. Now, they were being uh, transported in in containers, not just filled with the slimy little fishies or and ice, but they were alive, wriggling, 7,500 pounds of them. And uh, when I'm first looking at the crash, I'm thinking... Oh, man, they must have been worried that those cars were going to catch on fire because they they covered the cars in foam or some sort of protective slime. Uh, No, no, they didn't. Uh, The the slime fish produces slime, hence the name. Uh, uh, According to Dr. Andrew Thaler, a deep-sea ecologist, uh, this is via the New York Times. Thank you, New York Times, for this delicious story. Um, A single hagfish can fill a five-gallon bucket with slime in what the doctor says is seemingly instantly. They have been documented, according to the doctor, as being able to escape from sharks by choking them with the enormous amounts of slime. How does this happen? What, What kind of a creature... Is this slime fish? The um, the doctor also described it when the Times, the New York Times, reached out to Dr. Andrew Thaler about this uh, this crazy creature. He he was asked, um, "What what is the slime like? Describe the slime for us. Tell us about the slime again." Seven thousand five hundred pounds of slime fish released on Highway 101, 100 miles outside of, I think, Portland, Oregon. The doctor described it as a semi-solid gel that is like Spider-Man's web crossed with a jellyfish. Anyone else creeped out right now? Anyone else creeped out? Remember, the doctor said a single one of these slime eels A single one can fill a five-bucket gallon gallon of slime almost instantly. And can you imagine you're a shark, one of the the most fearful, feared predators in the ocean. And you come upon a slime fish. You're like, oh, here's a little eel for me to eat. Here's a slime eel. I'm going to munch down on this hagfish. And the shark opens up and the hagfish goes inside and chokes or nearly chokes the shark by producing enormous amounts of slime and all i'm thinking is why is this a delicacy in south korea i gotta get doc thompson on the phone on this one doc thompson has a great experience with with korean cuisine he's married to a korean woman and And uh, Yuna, his wife, who is a a delight, a brilliant woman, uh, and also uh, has had her mother spend considerable time with them as as the Thompson's family is increasing. And they eat a lot of Korean food. And I wonder if they've had hagfish. I wonder if they've had the sea, uh, what is this called? The, um, The slime fish, the hagfish, the sea, the slime eels. The doctor also said if you come in contact with this fish and it gets on your clothes, you might as well just throw it out. Because um, what are you going to tell the dry cleaners, basically? The, I feel bad for the, the state troopers who had to encounter this. I'm going to tweet out a link to this. Uh, the, the slime fish has apparently been called the creature of your nightmares. By the Smithsonian, there's a video from the Smithsonian that's out there. And um, uh, by the way, the slime eels have their own own day on the calendar. So maybe maybe if we find out that this is a delicacy, maybe if we if we find out that this is delicious, uh, that uh, the third Wednesday of October, which <laughs> which is Hagfish Day for those of you who didn't know. If you've never celebrated Hagfish Day, it's the third Wednesday of October. So set that aside. They call this the ugliest of the species. And uh, the people who are who are behind um, Hagfish Day, which will be October 18th this year, just in case you were checking, um, they want people to look behind the exterior of the hagfish and appreciate how highly evolved. They are. Um, I'm sorry, uh, you're not highly evolved if, if your biggest skill is, is that one of you can produce five gallons of slime in, in an instant. Now, I do give you credit for being able to escape from a shark's mouth by producing such slime, but that seems like kind of a limited skill, a limited use skill. You know, you're, you're not exactly going to be able to apply that everywhere. The hagfish, the slime eel, 7,500 pounds of them set loose yesterday by a chain reaction on Highway 101, about 100 miles west of Portland. And um, the warm weather, I know, don't get ahead of me, but they hosed them all off the highway, which means... Somewhere along Highway 101 are 7,500 pounds of writhing and soon-to-be-dead slime eels that are going to stink up the joint. If you want to know where the accident is, all you have to do is roll down the windows, everybody, and you'll figure it out. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I, as I said, I'll tweet out a link to it. You can see some of the pictures and some of the short video clips are uh, a little disgusting. So if you're a person who can't deal with slime eels or hagfish, um, y- you might want to avoid this next tweet. But really, what what is underneath those those waters? What is out there? What are people consuming? And And why is this a gigantic delicacy? <laughs> in South Korea? These are the questions I have. I'm also wondering, though, the entrepreneur in me is wondering, what if we started a slime eel farm and then we found out that gel is good for something, whether it's a natural lubricant, uh, you know, it might be good in cars. What is its its sensitivity to temperature? Could it be a source of, of food and nutrition? Obviously, the eels happen to be Otherwise, they wouldn't be transporting 7,500 pounds of them to South Korea. And is there a slime eel farm somewhere in America that we don't know about that someone is fast becoming a billionaire with their entrepreneurial spirit? And so I'm, I'm tweeting out this link and a- asking all those questions at the same time. And maybe Doc Thompson knows as we're going to ask him uh, if he's ever had them ever dined on slime eels maybe he has maybe he hasn't uh, he would know he's our connection to south korea michael pelka i'm puro pelka i'm i'm going to step aside when we get back yes i eventually we'll get to what i promised you those those uh, first jobs of the uh of the famous folks yeah we'll get to it and i i did post a a vital question just a few minutes ago. And, and the vital question was inspired by our, our friend um, D- Donna, who a frequent listener of this show and also to the Morning Blaze. Uh, and the vital question is, uh, in fact, um, where do you stand on the Three Stooges? Are you a fan? Because apparently Donna is not. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the vital question of the day. We'll talk more about slime meals. Maybe Doc Thompson will ring in. And uh, celebrity first jobs just around the corner on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, you never know what's going to unite us and what's going to make us all uh, crazy. And uh, to, today, to me, it, it might be one of two things. It, it might be slime eels, and it might be the three stooges, but uh, for the moment, it appears to be slime eels or the hagfish. Jody in Tennessee is checking in. Jody, welcome to the program. Is it true? Can it really have happened? You've had these eels?
2: I'm not sure if they're the same eels. I've had barbecue eel at a, a restaurant that's owned by a Chinese man and his wife's Korean. So I'm assuming probably they were.
1: Have you seen them before they were cooked? Because the slime eel has a a um particular look to it it's it's yeah, very I, unique
2: i did see uh an episode of uh mike rose hard works job or you know hard jobs. dirty
1: jobs or whatever it was Dirty
2: jobs yeah that's what it was and he did actually one time work with slime eels and that was beyond gross so yeah but i that's think the closest i've gotten to a
1: I can't imagine 7,500 pounds of these oh, things. And I if one of true. them weighs a pound or two pounds, that's going to be heavy. Yeah. So you, you can imagine there's 3,000 of them, each capable of producing up to five gallons of slime
2: at yeah, any given I
1: time. To, Ooh. I had to
2: turn my radio off while uh, while you talked about that while I was eating breakfast. So
1: All right, I'll stop yeah. talking about it for the moment. <laughs> no, but, it's okay. I didn't call this. but yeah you did so but the the question is so you've eaten the slimiest i i or you've eaten eel i've had eel sushi i think i've had eel sushi
2: that's that's how i had it It was barbecue eel on top of sushi yeah actually quite Mm. good
1: it does sound good good. doesn't it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was the texture was firm it was a lot less fishy than you would think it really was not fishy at all and um in in moderate to small quantities it's good if you get too much it's a little overwhelming but uh it it tastes a lot like chicken
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh well done yeah well you know i i I do like sushi but i you know i'm there's certain certain things i i don't want to eat in sushi what's the what would you say is the most exotic food you've ever tasted
2: oh goodness i love octopus and um, oh, I I don't know I've traveled a little outside of the country, but a lot of times I don't really always know what I'm eating. So
1: I've <laughs> seen nice those um, those pictures from the markets in China mm-hmm. where they have like giant spiders that they've dipped in chocolate and then deep fat fried, and you're like, oh my god, I don't know if I could eat that. I just
2: I don't think I could either. And I my friend who d- is from China says. He he always is saying we have to go tour China someday. My husband and I and his family, and he says there's one restaurant restaurant I'll take you to, but you can't eat there because they uh it's perched over a river in China, and he said the the bathrooms are actually upriver of the kitchen and they just open directly onto the river. So basically, well, you're going into the river, and then the people in the kitchen are just fishing to catch your dinner out of the same water okay
1: okay okay now 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 you've topped the slime eel story
2: (laughs) (laughs) sorry to everybody still eating breakfast everybody enjoying
1: your breakfast now as jody from tennessee is sharing the story of the chinese restaurant which none of us should ever visit
2: oh my god he said we go there but you don't eat there (laughs)
1: You just have to see it to believe. You can it. just have a beer. Just get something that you know has been at least brewed or boiled or fermented, so nothing can be,
2: nothing yeah, so, unhealthy can be
1: alive in there. Oh my God, Jody, thank you, thank you for.
2: You're sharing. very welcome, and I enjoy your show quite a bit. Uh, and uh,
1: you have a really good day. Thank you, God bless you, and have a great day yourself. Ah, I love this audience. Not only are they smart and engaged, but they also have a wonderful sense of humor. You can join the conversation in the last hour triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. We will continue the the discussion about uh hagfish or slime eels plus uh my my vital question of the day, which is now posted. After Donna told us she didn't support the Three Stooges, (laughs) I had to ask everybody, where do you stand on the Three Stooges? And uh, I'm betting, I'm just betting that the the Stooges are going to win. Maybe, maybe not. I, I also think it's a gender thing. Seems to be more women dislike the Stooges than men. We'll be right back. No, no, no.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.